Welcome to this, the ninth roundtable discussion produced by Transparent Media Truth. This episode is being recorded on July 7th, 2020. The latest edition of our program puts health experts Miriam Hanane, Mariah Manaza, and Peggy Hall around the table to discuss the massive changes to society brought about by the government's reaction to the presence of a novel coronavirus and the ensuing disease COVID-19, which led to the decisions of forced social distancing, a shelter-in-place policy, and the widespread use of wearing masks in order to prevent the spread of this theoretically devastating new virus. Miriam Hanane, investigative journalist and director of the documentary, The Vanishing of the Bees, joins the program as host to explore alternative possibilities to the mainstream discussion about the new virus. Find out more about her at honeycolony.com or on Twitter at Miriam Hanane. Mariah Manaza joins us from BC, Canada to discuss her interpretation of just what is really going on with the massive uptick in state involvement in all of our lives. After experiencing an undiagnosable long-term leg pain as well as enduring a vaccine injury in high school, Mariah found no solace in a pharmaceutical system that only treated her symptoms and not the root cause. Eventually, she developed chronic fatigue, depression, and anxiety, among other symptoms. Only after discovering the healing power of diet and engaging in a series of detoxification protocols did she find relief from the emotional and physical duress that had plagued her for so long. She now engages in helping others to do the same. Find out more about Mariah at AppleDiaries.com. Finally, our last guest, Peggy Hall, has been a health advocate for years, working as the wellness expert for the ABC Radio Network, as well as the Emmy-nominated TV program, America Now, with hundreds of radio and television appearances to her name. She now focuses on her own blog, The Healthy American, which promotes the rights of all to investigate and research health information for themselves, while promoting freedom for all to make informed medical decisions based on personal consent. Look up more about Peggy Hall at thehealthyamerican.org. As always, I'd like to thank producer Rob Rubin for putting this all together. All roundtable discussions can be found at Transparent Media Truth on YouTube or transparentmediatruth.com. My name is Doug McKenty, producer and editor of this episode. I host the weekly interview podcast, The Shift with Doug McKenty, which can be found on Facebook and YouTube at McKenty on Twitter or www.theshiftnow.com. Let's start the interview off with Mariah and Peggy letting us know a bit more about themselves, and I will give it away to Miriam. Enjoy the conversation. My name is Mariah. Um, I'm a certified health and detoxification specialist, and I work very diligently to help um, uncover and expose the lies that have been foisted upon humanity in the name of the greater good. So I'm here um, to to uh, conversate and to help um, spread the knowledge. Hey, Mariah, um, this is Peggy Hall, and I am a health educator and just a a human educator. I've been a teacher my entire life at the uh, adult level, and I also have a background in health and wellness. And when all of this started to shake out that things were not what they appear, I've always been of a mind to dig deeper. And so I exposed the invalid and unlawful state of emergency, which is not only in California where I live, but it is in every state of this country and at every county and every city and even filtering all the way down to the 
HOA, the homeowners associations are all buying into the hoax of um, giving up your freedom for safety. And so I've been speaking out against it. I created a business called thehealthyamerican.org, which is education and information to inspire others to take action. So that's what I'm here for today, is to inspire others to take action because we are going to have a new way of life. We are entering it right now. And uh, we are in some stormy seas and we wanna set our direction so that when we decide how we want to live going forward, uh, we will know who those people are that we want to create those, these new societies with. Exactly, that's great, great too. Uh, I've, I've followed your work a bit and uh, familiarized myself and um, very, very honored to be uh, speaking with you today. And you. Uh, same with Miriam. So I'm Miriam Hinein and I am an investigative journalist, a real one. I'm also a functional medicine consultant and certified coach. So I see everything through the lens of functional medicine. And I'm best known for directing the film Vanishing of the Bees, narrated by Ellen Page. I have been covering the Rona since uh, beginning of January, 10 hours a day for the past almost six months, I guess. So I'm honored to, to be here and I stand for medical freedom and uh, free speech. Likewise, yes. So should we begin to, to talk about um, masks and medical tyranny, uh, given, given all your work, Peggy, and maybe starting with the distinction between a mandate and a law and an order? Maybe you can. I think that's fantastic, Miriam. Um, as we know in the work that we've done, and I can, I love that we have overlapping interest, and I find it very reassuring to know that the main leaders in this movement, um, we do have a background in health, functional health, functional medicine, wellness, because this is the cover that they tried to put over everyone is to create fear in terms of your health. What is the number one fear that most people have is of dying? So it's a it's a brilliant demonic scheme to infuse individuals with this fear of death. And luckily, I am a person of faith. I believe in afterlife. And I am really not that worried about the here and now because I know that as a spiritual being, there's going to be something beyond this. I mean, I think most individuals have a sense that there is more to life than the here and now. And so I look through that lens of a spiritual battle of the dark and the evil literally battling for the soul because there is good and evil, there is dark and light. And so this darkness, the heaviness that people are feeling, the oppression is what seeks to drown out the light. And so individuals like us that bring the light, that bring things to light, that expose the evildoers, we are a great threat. And in my view, that's why it has been an acceleration of oppression. Yes, it's been going on for decades. I mean, from the beginning of time, there has been evil seeking to overcome good. And we can go all the way back but even in our modern day, we can see from the beginning of this country that there has always been uh, forces that have sought to divide and conquer. We are just experiencing it at a heightened level. Perhaps I came late to the party. I've been following this for about 15, 20 years is when I woke up to medical terrorism 
because my, my father died as a result of that. And I, I do need to say that my mom was an emergency room nurse. So her whole background was medicine and she never trusted doctors. She never wanted to go to a hospital. She did not want to ever have any medical intervention because she knew what was going on on the inside. And it was kind of like she was undercover. She knew what was going on. She did, she did, um, gain a livelihood from doing what she could as a nurse. But I also learned growing up about that side of medicine. So anyway, to get back, the reason I wanted to preface it with that is because confusion is a form of deception. And deception is what is going on in our world right now. And deception is intentionally bringing in a little bit of truth, and a lot of lies so that people can point to it and go, well, wait a minute, doctors wear masks. I mean, nurses wear, well, well, the healthcare people wear masks. That little bit of truth is what divides the rational thinking individuals from, um, from those that are gripped by fear. So the perfect storm is to induce fear and panic, which creates a type of stunned response where people cannot think clearly. They cannot push a thought to a logical conclusion. And in that state of being, of being frozen, not being able to think, uh, we, are, we are dumped upon with all of this misinformation and intentional deceit. And the way they do it is through language. And it, Miriam, this is why I, I have been making video after video to educate individuals to really understand the language, how it is being used against us, and then how to break free from that. And there have been successes along the way. This is many, many, many rounds of battles that we are going to have. And we are, we are rattling the cage, we're poking, we're sparring, and they, they poke back and, and it's back and forth right now. So I also want to explain that in terms of language. So now I'll get to answering your question, <laughs> if, if, if that all makes sense. I think it's important that um, I share my view, where I'm coming from, and um, I do see this as a larger battle for the soul. There is a direct... Spiritual warfare. It, it is completely spiritual warfare, and I know that phrase can turn some people off if they um, have different beliefs, but we all understand the difference between good and evil, dark and light, and, and so forth. And the um, ultimate goal is to destroy God's greatest creation, which is humanity, um, including our minds, our heart, most of all the soul, because the soul belongs to God. And so by destroying that, manipulating it, and replacing a creator with a government or a governor or a mayor or an organization like the CDC or the WHO or the FDA, where people want to believe and worship these entities, um, that is where our work comes in. And so as an educator, that's where I go to, as I go toward education. So this can be an entry that is not so emotional because we can get very emotional about the science of, well, I heard this and don't tell me I'm wrong. And I, people don't want to be told they're wrong. So to offer the education and encourage those to seek their conclusions by reading and looking and comparing, that's where I've had some success. So we look at the language. The language is intentionally used to deceive us. This word mandate really has no meaning whatsoever. It's a gray area between a law and a recommendation. A mandate can mean we're behind you and we agree and we want you to, we want to do what you say. 
but there's a legal definition in terms of law and order and regulation. And I want to state again very clearly because even people that are following me will send me emails saying, well, wait. So on the record, no governor, no mayor, no sheriff, no judge, no policeman, no individual can create a law. What is a law? There is statutory law that is created in a legislative body. A bill is introduced, it's debated on, it goes through the channels. If it is approved, it's signed into law by the governor. The governor signs it into law. He does not create the law. He may have someone represent his interest in the legislative body, but our government is set up that not there is not one individual that can, can create a law. That's called a dictatorship. That's called totalitarianism. That's called communism. That's called royalty. A king or a queen can proclaim something and it is law. It is extremely dangerous and very brilliant that these um, forces of evil are brainwashing and manipulating people with words such as the governor's new law, the governor's new mandate, the governor said, the mayor requires you. No, no, and no. If you read deeply, like I dig, and Mary, you said you're an investigative journalist. I mean, really, that's, that's what everyone needs to be, is to dig deeper. You will uncover the fact that the governor didn't create any law, and the mayor did not create any law. A city council can vote and create an ordinance, which is a law that carries a penalty, and you may be saying, well, Peggy, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. We know, we know they don't mean the mayor made a law. We know, we know that even though the LA Times said the governor's new law, we, we know it's not the governor's new law. Oh, do we? Then why do educated individuals say the governor said, the mayor said? This is extremely important because it sets a precedent down the road where people will believe that a governor can order you to stay at home and a governor can tell you not to work and a governor can tell you that you have to vaccine, have to have a vaccine. No, no, and no. Let me wrap up with another couple comments and love to hear your feedback. What can happen and what does exist is this. In an emergency, and the word emergency also mm -hmm. needs to be defined. And I would recommend everyone listening to email one simple sentence to your city council, to your mayor, to your county commissioners, to your um, city attorney, and ask this question. What is the legal definition of a health emergency in this region? Ask them the question. They do not even know. And this is what the law is based on. It is based on this definition. And the definition in California is very clear. And it states this, a health emergency can be called at the introduction of a communicable disease. Miriam, you said you've been following us for six months. We're no longer in an introduction. You either have something at the introduction or you have something that's continued. This is where we've had success in Orange County. Letting these lawmakers know, and they're actually lawbreakers, I should call them, these public servants know that we are onto them, that we understand the language. Further, this emergency gives limited authority to a health officer. Now, it may have a different name. It may be called a health commissioner, a health director, a health agent. So you do the digging in your area. This now you're going to roll up your sleeves and get involved. 
you find out uh, who that health officer is, what the authority is that they have, and it's usually along these lines. The health officer can order, this is a legal word, can order an evacuation, for example, if there's a chemical explosion, a hurricane, an earthquake, um, a hazardous waste uh, emergency, they have a limited in scope and a limited in time authority to issue a public order. A public order, a public health order is in an emergency and it can only last, and this is where you're gonna dig in your area. In California, it can last for seven days. And after seven days, the health officer does not have free reign to continue issuing these orders. There is no legal authority to tell you to stay home or to stop working. Zero. And I am less, we're, I am less angry with the tyrannical government than I am with the compliant individuals that aren't even thinking for themselves. Exactly. Come on, I'm not a lawyer. I'm no in special individual. I got online and I started researching. And so can you. So after seven days in California, now in some places, it's only 24 hours. In some places, it's 48 hours. That health officer goes before a governing body and says, here's the emergency. Here's what I recommend. Do you approve it? Why does this happen? Because our government is not designed to have one individual telling you what to do. Now, the reason a health officer is given this authority is because, let's say there was a chemical, I like to use this example, there's a chemical explosion in the neighborhood. They don't have time to go get a court order. So a court can order you to do something like show up for a trial, right? That's an order. But it's limited in duration. It's not creating new law. It is an order that compels your behavior to established law, all right? So let's say you, you run a red light, you get a ticket. Not because the policeman thinks it's a good idea for you to get a ticket or not because the policeman made the law. No, there is an established law that went through a lawmaking procedure that is called on the books. On the books means there is a code of regulations attached to it that you can look up and you can find out what the fine is, what the penalty is, how to fight it if you are you know, um, accused of that. That is called law and order. That is how our society is designed. So let's say there's a chemical explosion. There's not time to create a law to say, clear the neighborhood, right? It's immediate. So there is allowance for this by an individual um, or an emergency council. Usually in the municipality, it would be the police chief, the fire chief, maybe the city manager, um, the health officer, something like this, a council of individuals that can say, leave your home right now. It's unsafe. There was a chemical explosion. Now, if you, like me, would say, I'm not leaving, they could write you a ticket. I suppose they could handcuff you and take you away because it is a public order that has the force of law. This also is on the books. And in California, it's a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor if I say, I'm not going to follow that order. I get a citation. In some states, it's $25. In California, it's $1,000, just letting you know. And you can fight it. You can go to court just like a parking ticket, just like a speeding ticket. You have a legal remedy to go to court. Now, 
That's an order. Now, I want to go one layer deeper before I, I, I turn over the round table here. Um, here's the problem. These health officers are acting unlawfully, and they are expanding this seven-day or 24-hour or 48-hour limit because everyone else is asleep at the wheel. There's only a few of us saying, hey, wait a minute. This, this, this can't happen. What are you doing here? Come on, pull the reins in. There are very few of us pointing out that they are acting like tyrants. A tyrant is an individual that acts with power without legal authority. So what we've done for our remedy is we have written to the governing body. Where I live, it's called the Board of Supervisors. It might be called the County Commissioner or the City Council. You need to find out. By the way, if you go to thehealthyamerican.org, I will plug you in with individuals in your local area so you don't have to recreate the wheel. There are people already doing the research in Oklahoma and Illinois and uh, Tennessee and all over. There's a few states that, doesn't, that don't seem to have any trouble yet. This is what needs to be done. You tell them, hey, the jig is up. We're on to you, okay? This is not legal. So what happened in California? We called them on it. We said, you have no authority. I did the video exposing the governor saying, there's no, there's no authority for a state of emergency. There's no epidemic. The threat of overwhelming our public resources does not exist. So what did the governor do? Instead of saying, oh, you know what? You're right. Oh, you caught me. I tried, to <laughs> I tried to pull a fast one on you, but you caught me. What he did instead is he issued a new order intending to confuse the public and it stated that these are guidelines. This is guidance. Everything to do with reopening the state and standing six feet apart and wearing a mask, it is not a law. It is not even an order. How do you know it's not an order? There is no regulatory code attached to it. It's simply set, it's like an it's like a press release. There's mm -hmm. no signature. It hasn't been filed with the um Secretary of State, and those who want to learn more, I've got dozens of email, of videos at um, The Healthy American, my YouTube channel, Peggy Hall, dozens of, of videos where I explain step-by-step, step, I show you the legal documents, how to break that down. So what happened here in California? We now, the 40 million of us, or let's, let's just cut that in half, let's say 20 million of us actually um, care about this, it's our job to educate our fellow Californians. And we are doing that. I mean, the grassiest of the grassroots, we have flyers, we have handouts, we're calling the stores, we're saying, you have a sign on the door that says, mask required by law. And the, what we ask them is, show me the law, show me the law. Well, it's an executive, well, show me the executive order. And you know what? They can't because they've been duped, they've been strong armed. The government is like the mafia strong-arming these stores with a threat that their license will be pulled. Well, I got on the phone with these strike teams that the governor is threatening to send into the businesses, and I asked them, what exactly, how are they going to get their license pulled? On what grounds? Well, we, we, we're going to be educating them. Educating them on what? Well, on the guidance. So there's no law? They can't get a citation for that? Well, no. You're not going to hear that on the news. You're going to hear a smarmy, smug, um, despot, a um, terrorist, actually, if you want to use the dictionary definition of the word, um, and 
that's, it's really satisfying for me because that's my very next video is I'm going to show and I'm going to share my conversations with these strike teams that are, can't strike because there's nothing to strike on. So this is what we're doing. We're exposing it step by step. It is a long journey. I mean, put in your provisions, get yourself prepared in all manner, food protection, local uh, individuals that you trust, because we are on the march. We are sailing the stormy seas. And, you know, the horizon is not in sight at this point. We're in the middle of it. Um, I have some visions and ideas of what I would like to see happen. But right now, we need all hands on deck. We need more people because there is strength in numbers. We need to educate them. Forget the ones that have their eyes closed. They're going to march to their own death. I can't help those individuals any further. Um, that's going to require a lot of, um, of spiritual growth on their part. And I, I do pray for them. But at this point, I have limited time and energy and resources. And that needs to go to those that are like, hey, I need a life preserver over here. Here you go. Come on board. They want to help and they don't know what to do. So that's why we're here on the round table. I've um, shared my main views and uh, I'll hand it back over. I'd love to hear what you guys think. If, if I can just say a couple of things in regards to these muzzles, because uh, I've been doing a series, Masks or Muzzles, from. from in the beginning, and um, it's really, in my opinion, a way to dehumanize us, uh, masks today, vaccines tomorrow, and, and what what happens when, you know, there was some footage of, of an older man, I believe, going into a Whole Foods, and he's, he's defiant and is knocked down, which is, you know, ridiculous, because then you have two people touching each other, there's no social distancing, it's absolutely insane. So there, there's that where it's really about, like you said, divide and conquer. And the law, understanding that this is not a law and educating is so important. You know, little things like, hey, by the way, Gavin Newsom has a billion dollar deal with a you know, mass company from China. So he has a incentive to put all of the muzzles in place. Um, by the way, he's also the nephew of uh, Nancy Pelosi. So that's that's one level of of like you said you also can't convince someone who's so hell bent, um, and it's also the same mindset of like, well, you're vaccinated, so you're protected. What's the problem? You have your little muzzle on. What's the problem? Uh, why are you enforcing? And then you have these fights. So I'm curious to know if you can comment on like what happens if you are a defiant individual. Uh, or, or know better, and you go into a Whole Foods, and then you get knocked down and touched all over, uh, which makes no sense because in reality, people are just exercising their ego and and wanting to power trip on another human being. I don't know if Mariah, you want to speak on on that. What comes to um, mind? Well, I've got a lot um, swimming through my mind at this moment. Um, I did want to touch on a few things Peggy said, and then I'll. I'll revisit what you've just um, put on the table. Um, but I feel that our biggest obstacle is the general public because they are the ones, no matter what um, mandates are put in place, it is them and the store owners who are complying. And it's good to uh, bring out the knowledge in that sense so they know that they actually do have a choice. But at the end of the day, 
um, in the town that I'm living in, for example, if a shop owner is not um, following the rules to a T, the general public will basically hang them. Um, people just do not understand that masks restrict healthy airflow, that they cause the individual to continue to rebreathe in their own carbon dioxide, and they are actually harming human health further. So we need to get to the root of the cause of the problem and re-educate the general public. And I myself have considered typing up flyers and things like this. Um, I've spoken with, you know, the odd person in the local um, parking lot, you know, telling them why masks are harmful and that they don't have to wear them. But at the end of the day, uh, the general public is watching mainstream media. And like Peggy said, it's basically terrorism. They're basically terrorizing people, throwing them into fear and people with all the confusion as well, which is one of their war tactics, it's just throwing people under the bus and they don't know what to think anymore and it's easier to follow the herd and do what everybody else is doing and just buy a mask and just wear it, no matter what they may think at the end of the day. So we need to help educate people and on why masks are harmful and why a lot of these rules and regulations are harmful and what's coming down the line. Um, so I'll, I'll end it with that for now. I'm sure I'll And the thing is, on. just like Peggy said, they're not mandates. That's the whole thing, that they're exactly. not mandates. They're not mandates. And, uh, pe people are confusing. Yes. And, and I'd like yeah. to um, jump on that, Mariah, because, yeah, education is the key. And when people are in a state of fear, they uh, are unable to think clearly. And so yes. part of what I'm doing at The Healthy American is to help literally it's throwing a lifeboat to people even the clear thinking ones that have not been wearing masks but they feel like oh, it's just, like even my sister who she's like oh I was this close to putting on a mask because I just couldn't deal with it any, any longer but mm -hmm. something within her her soul helped her stand stronger and say you know what I can't capitulate and we we all have that that line to, to cross. And my heart goes out. I have a great deal of empathy for those individuals that have been suffering and struggling because they need to earn a living. They are oppressed at their job. They are just hanging on, hoping that this will go away or that the warriors like us, because we are fighting for them. And my heart goes out to them. And I have a great deal of empathy. I am fighting for them. And I understand that at this moment, not everyone has reached their line. And I, I know some individuals that have loved ones in nursing homes and they, they don't want to upset the apple cart because they're afraid that if they make too much ruckus, you know, their, their loved one is behind, is in a prison basically. And they don't know what's going to happen to that individual. So they're kind of like, well, I can hang on one more day, one more day. I'll try to do something. I don't want anyone to feel guilty if they have not stepped up yet. That time is going to come for you. Right now, know that we are fighting for you. And I want to keep the morale high. I want to offer hope in the face of despair. Because we despair is when the enemy wins. That is when your soul has been crushed. So how do you avoid that? You pray if that's suitable for you. You find like-minded individuals that can give you support. That's why I want everybody to join their local groups at thehealthyamerican.org. Well, we have something coming up called Click and Connect, where you can literally just click and get the you know contact information for somebody in your area. You can call them. 
Um, Miriam, I recommend people go shopping together and not individually. And here's what I recommend. Mm. You print out the health orders or guidelines from your area where you're going to be shopping. And in California, I print out the California Department of Public Health guidelines. They are highlighted in yellow with all the exemptions. And this just happened to me on the weekend. I was in a new part of town visiting my family, my sister, my husband and I's sister went in and I had the papers and they said, oh, you know, like, I don't understand the militant approach of these shopkeepers and clerks. I mean, like, why do you even care if I'm wearing a mask or not? Just power tripping. Yeah, it's, media. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, are they getting paid for each mask they give out? Like, are they getting $100 per person they hassle? Because I just don't understand it. So I show the manager the papers. And I don't say, here's what you do, you guys. You don't say a word. You don't have a conversation. You don't try to convince anybody. This is my approach. You don't try to convince anybody. You certainly do not talk to any other shoppers. That's the worst, okay? They're the most oxygen-deprived, rage-repressed you know, individuals. They don't like what's going on, and they want you to suffer just like they are. And it's like seeing you know, um, a prisoner flee, and they're like, hey, how come I'm still in prison? They really resent you for it, especially um, in my experience as a, a woman, it's the men who have been the most belligerent and aggressive because they're probably deep down going, I should be standing up, you know, I should be taking the lead here as a, a strong, um, you know, male person. And it's like, they're, they're not, they're capitulating. So I think deep down, they're really disgusted with themselves and they take it out on us. That's my experience. Now, what you do is you... Um, Take the papers. Yes, it's come to that point right now in our society, shopping with papers. <laughs> Miriam, I'm sure you guys predicted this just like I did. I told my husband, there will be a line outside. They will only let 10 people in at once, and you will have papers. And I'm not a mind reader, but you know from history what's to come. So this is what I did. I don't say a word. I don't talk to the mask. I have a whole video, don't talk to the mask. If they're talking to me, I say... I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I make them take their mask off. Talk about discrimination. It is hard to hear. Plus they're standing over there. So I hand them the paper and I don't say anything, but they read it. They read it. I'm not convincing them. I'm not explaining. I'm not saying I'm exempt. They read it from the State Department of Health. And he read it and he kind of read it a couple of times and I'm pointing to the important point and he said, I, I am so sorry, please go ahead. Now, that may not happen every time, right? So don't think you're gonna be batting a thousand, but you can also call in advance. Many people ask me about travel. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm not in the mood for travel, okay? I don't wanna be on a plane I don't want my soul to be harmed by seeing this demonic ritual of people losing willingly and eagerly uh, removing their identity. I can't stomach it. I'm not, not going to be traveling by plane. If you are, I would recommend that you call the airlines in advance and you mm -hmm. ask them. So you don't come across, oh, I'm not. You say, would you let me know, uh, please direct me to your written keyword, written policy regarding exemptions for those who cannot 
wear a mask. You ask them, and you do this for every store, for Starbucks and Trader Joe's. And you, we've had much success with people writing letters. Kaiser, we just had success with. Um, Stater Brothers, uh, you know, you pick your battles. There are some stores that are so militant, like Smart and Final. We have a couple stores here in California, Gelson's. You know what? They don't care if you are on an oxygen tank. You're, they're going to put a mask over you. you don't or if care. you have asthma. They don't, <laughs> care. They don't, they don't care. But some stores, so you ask them, please direct me to your written policy regarding exemptions for those who cannot wear a mask. Now, remember, the words are important. We want it in writing. And then when you get it in writing, like from Costco, you can print out a letter from the Costco CEO. It's at my website. You print it out. It's in, the, it's in the CEO's own words. And it says, this in, these individuals do not need to wear a mask. You don't say a word. You hold that at the door. The people read it, and you go on your way. There's no confrontation. People that want to talk to you in the store, you are just on your mission. So you do this in advance. It's in writing. It's in their words. It's not what? your opinion. It's not the science. It's none of that. The other thing is when you write them, Maybe they don't have a written policy. Now you've planted a seed that they have to have a written policy and you use the words cannot wear a mask. You do not need to say why. You don't need to justify it. You don't need to explain it. It is no one's business. You just state that. And my husband's very good. He just says, um, I can't wear one. And he, and he keeps on going. There's no debate. And, and again, it may be that he's a man and he ha he's having less... Um, confrontation, it's not going to be 100% of the time. You pick your battles. I know where I can shop, hassle-free uh, for now, but I need to, we all need to continue to let these major corporations know that we are on to them. And I believe that they also are getting financial incentives from um, the puppet masters. And we know there are many puppet masters outside of this country, within this country, they are getting financial incentives. I don't have evidence, but I believe that they are being blackmailed, threatened, strong-armed, intimidated, and harassed to come out with all of these um, statements and to hide the information on their website. I cannot even find who to email at CVS. They do not even have how to contact CVS, someone. Yes, it's so, a big pharma. Yeah. So big they, pharma. They're, they're doing that by design. So those are my tips, and, and I'll... I'll uh, I'll take a yeah, I wanted to say <laughs> I wanted to say a couple of things to that because like I personally am rebellious or um, but but many people may not want to get into conflict um, and and then shame the other person of like just go along with it just go along with it it's easier because like you said pick your battle so here in Costa Rica like almost overnight the muzzles came out and now the community is gathering stuff in English to to um, which includes your work Peggy that I've sent to and Dr. Blaylock's article on mask wearing to translate and then to educate um, because 
And so, so just in bringing up, like you might, if you say like go shopping with friends, there's oftentimes those people that just want to go along with it. Don't want to cause any trouble. And then you are looked upon like, listen, you're, you're walking into someone else's um, place of work. What are you doing causing all of this commotion? So that is, that is a real thing um, to, to deal with. It is. And one uh, suggestion that I have is um, stock up. So when I go shopping, I will buy a little extra every time because that way I can reduce the amount of time that I have to go shopping. And I, I was on to this early, early on, early on. I mean, the very first day in California, um, actually it was the night before I was told not to come to work anymore. And, uh, that night, um, my husband and I, we, nor- we just wanted to stop by Trader Joe's and pick up a couple things. I hadn't watched TV. That's probably part of the reason I'm not um, manipulated in my mind with all of this. I don't have a radio. I don't get a newspaper. I go directly right. to the source. I want to learn what's going on. And even with the faulty data at the health department and at the CDC, at least I go to what they say and not what the media says they say. So if I want to hear what's going on with the governor of Texas, I don't go to the newspaper in Texas. I go to the governor's website. Even though that is faulty and full of lies and deception, at least I'm going directly to the source. So I had no idea anything was going on whatsoever, not a clue. And uh, hubby and I go into Trader Joe's and it's like, oh, what is going on here? People were just throwing stuff in their cart and everything was empty. And I thought, did a bomb go off? And I didn't know. We left the store within minutes because of the overwhelming fear and anxiety and um, oppression that was just thick in the air. So after that experience and before they started limiting the number of people and all of that, um, I just thought to myself, I'm going to lay in some supplies. I'm going to get, you know, the extra, a few extra cans of this and that because I don't want to shop frequently. And I really shop like once a month because I don't want to see the people. I, I personally have not been harassed um, to the extent of uh, needing to call law enforcement. But I wanted to answer you, Miriam, you brought up the point of the gentleman that in uh, Whole Foods that was physically touched. So that's illegal. And again, I understand the anger. I understand the desire. I've had many rants, you know, video, uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook rants. I get it. It's actually healthy to uh, blow off steam. But I do that in the videos so that I don't do it at the stores. And it could have happened like this. When the people were uh, um, confronting him, had it been me, I would have said, are you harassing me? Is, Is this harassment? Is this intimidation? Are you threatening me? And those are three key words, harassment, intimidation, and threat, because those are illegal. And at that point, you stay calm and you call the sheriff, as we say, you call the law enforcement and you say, "Um, I am being physically threatened and harassed. And I am here at the Whole Foods on Aliso Creek Road. You put in a complaint. Now, I want to be very clear. The sheriff is not going to come to allow you to shop at Whole Foods. The sheriff is not going to come and tell Whole Foods that they have to let you shop. I've never stated that, and that's not what I'm offering. I'm offering that you are letting the other individuals know that you are not going to be intimidated and harassed. 
And it just may happen if enough people do this, that Whole Foods will train its employees to, you know, pull off the dogs, back off, stop harassing people because it is illegal. And the next thing is you file a police report against Whole Foods that that was that establishment where you experienced the harassment. And I would love for Whole Foods and Stater Brothers and these other business establishments that have been so belligerent and so um, militant, they need to be, uh, they need to receive an avalanche of complaints. Police need to hear about it. The corporate headquarters need to hear about it. The district manager needs to hear about it. The manager needs to hear about it. And I would love to see at some point um, individuals, we're talking about educating, having flyers that they can hand out to the uh, patrons that are walking into these establishments saying, did you know this is not a law? You don't have to wear a mask unless you're comfortable doing so. And I have those handouts at thehealthyamerican.org to educate the businesses and to educate the patrons because the businesses. This is the other thing, super important, very extremely, you know, this is a game changer right here. Businesses in California and likely in your area are being requested, right? That's one of those murky words. It's not a law, but they're being requested to enforce a non-existent law. Okay, first of all, it's non-existent. There's no law in California that says you have to wear a mask or stand six feet apart. And I'm just speaking on the legal aspect of it. By under what authority does Starbucks or Trader Joe's, by what authority are they now part of the law enforcement in this state? Have they been deputized? Did I miss it? Did they take an oath from the sheriff? Do they have a badge? Now that they are going to enforce a non-existent law that I can't shop in their store without a mask, a muzzle, where, how did they become law enforcement entities? So every business owner, and I'm not, I'm not even talking to Starbucks and Smart and Final, I'm talking about the little coffee shop owner, the gym owner, the beauty salon person, the, you know, clothing boutique the chocolate shop. I'm talking about the mom and pop stores. You are not law enforcement. If you get a letter from the health department or the county stating that they are requesting, that's not a law, you or they're going to fine you, what are they going to fine you for? That your floor wasn't swept? That, that you don't have enough parking spots for your business. Those are regulations on the books. They can't fine you for allowing someone to shop in your store without a mask. They cannot fine you for letting your employees work without a mask. Why? There is no law, people. And please, mom and pops, are you going to, you built this business and now you're going to, you know what's next? The government, the government is going to require that they have 51% interest in your business. Why? Because you didn't stand up for yourself. Okay, I've had it. I have had it with people emailing me. What can I do? What can you do? You need me to tell you what to do. No, you know what to do. You take a stand. And many people are. And they're banding together. The small mom and pops are banding together, getting attorneys on this to fight these unlawful 
the unlawful intimidation. So now you call the sheriff, excuse me, I'm being intimidated by the health department. The health department is acting like a mafioso, telling me that now I am required to enforce a non-existent law. Would you please set them straight? Yeah, it, it ends up ends up being what comes to mind is a lot of waste of time on BS. You know, this all of this, like this is all taking time away from our lives. I also wanted to comment on the the flying, which I'm in agreement that God to get on a plane uh, today. Um, I I was flying with a mask years ago because of the toxic fuels in the plane uh, that are organophosphates on takeoff and and landing and uh but that's totally different than recirculating my air and I I would also preface to people before like before I came to Costa Rica I asked because I knew they were going to criminalize the fever and asked my doctor to, to say that I, I suffer from a low grade fever and, and the same thing would be to write a doctor's note. And, and I echo that to call the airline beforehand, um, to, to, to make sure what, you know, what the regulations are, if you have a health condition. And, and I think it's great to not give an, an answer as I, I would probably over explain of like, this is what's going on with me. Um, I want to know Mariah, what, what has been your experience in your area in in BC regarding masks? Um, well, every place is different because uh, like Peggy pointed out, these are just mandates, they're not laws. So people are, some people are taking things to the extreme, like our local thrift shop. I did go there the other day and it was like a war zone and this is just a thrift store. But the ladies in there were in such fear. They had the back door, the, the regular entrance blocked off, the parking lot in the front blocked off. I happened to park in the front in the one spot they didn't block off. And uh, the lady proceeded to yell at me. And I said, show me the no parking sign. Anyways, that's another thing. But when I went to the door, it says masks mandatory and the sanitizers are mandatory. And I just said, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not putting on the toxic chemicals on my skin. And there were a lot of people in the lineup and she said, well, then you can't come in. I said, that's fine. Could you please grab me two hardcover books, any books, because I have two kids that are doing a project that I'm working with, um, with anyways. So she, uh, reluctantly went and grabbed me what I wanted. The people in the lineup, I proceeded to talk to, I told them that Matt, you know, I told them what I knew about masks and, and uh, some of them, you know, were kind of listening and interested and the others were like, I went to my car to get my mask. Um, this isn't about me. Um, so around here, um, it's just different no matter where you go. But I did want to touch on what Peggy um, spoke about. Um, if there are people that don't want to stand up, because I'm one of those people, I have no problem. I, I will stand up. I will speak to anybody. I'm very outspoken. Um, I don't look it, but you get me going (laughs) anyways, um, stock up. And that's what I've been doing as well, because I see a lot of other repercussions coming down the line, such as say somebody goes into the grocery store and they declare that person had the virus or they go in for testing and everyone has the virus. So they will contact trace and grab everybody and, uh, try and get, get into their space and into their lives and, and test them and, you know, so for myself and 
and advice that I like to give to others is to stock up. I'm stocking up on all the essentials. Um, I'll be doing lots of canning of tomato sauces and, and basically having six months of food and water storage on hand um, in case I want to quarantine myself from all the stupidity out there and from, you know, if I don't want to go to the grocery store just because of the the utter confusion and and uh, the regulations and rules. So that, that I think that is good advice for those who are on the fence or afraid to speak out. Then you better stock up because it's either you speak out or you lay low. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, this is meant to people are are acting out of emotion and fear and hate is the real virus, in my opinion. And uh, what what's what's disheartening is that it doesn't seem like there is any end in sight because this is ongoing during summer, and then they'll get their soft hard ons when the influenza coincides with the coronavirus. Exactly. They just say like they're telling. Burks is telling people to go and get the flu vaccine when viral interference doesn't apply with the coronavirus. Getting the flu vaccine actually will exacerbate and make it worse if you do get the coronavirus. And that's absolutely so irresponsible. I, I want to, I if we can, move away from the medical tyranny and the law and, and actually touch upon the health the health risks of of wearing a mask where you're recirculating where there's hypoxia and um you know people with conditions like asthma it can actually make it worse so if we can talk about the oxygen levels going down and how important oxygen is if if one of if you want to go Mariah and, and speak to to the health the health risks well, the health risks I thought would be, you know, so obvious to everybody. And to me, it's baffling that people, that we even have to explain this to people, <laughs> really. I mean, covering your face, your nose and your mouth, it, it, like I said before, restricting healthy airflow, you're rebreathing back in your body's carbon dioxide. That's waste. Your body needs to eliminate continually through your breath, through your skin, through you know, your eliminative channels. So if you're blocking one of the main eliminative channels, you're backing up. Um, and I have the numbers and, um, you know, with the oxygen and, and the OSHA requirements and all this, but I don't have it in front of me, but I can uh, put links in the description box below afterwards for people um, to read up on the scientific um, reasons why masks are so unhealthy. Yeah, even um, the micron size of the N95, it's 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 like the people are walking around with paper diapers on their faces. Exactly. And then if we get into, I mean, the whole germ theory versus the inner terrain theory, it's a whole other topic, but it isn't because it's directly related. But if people understood the root cause of disease to begin with, masks wouldn't even be an issue on the table because people would understand that it's all from within and virals are greeted cellularly and it has nothing to we do not transfer there's no invisible virus floating through the air waiting to infect people it's all dependent on your current state of health and how your body reacts to internal and external um triggers 
So can you, can um, we touch upon that a little? Because people, that is confusing to people because they're like, well, I've gotten sick from being around someone, someone else. Dr. Mikovits talks about how viruses can't be transmitted. Um, they need a carrier like water. So mm-hmm. we do know of, I'm sure people have had an experience of like you get into contact with someone and then you get a, a cold, which is bacterial. So can we make, can you make the distinction on how transmission occurs? Well, the way I understand it so far, subject to change, um, there's a lot of information to go through, but when we come into contact with somebody else who's dealing with say an elimination, which is cold and flu like symptoms or a fever, that initiates an immune response in another individual, and they can go into a cold and flu-like symptoms and fever as well. Now, if transmission were, if it were true that we catch a virus from each other, um, then why do some people catch this cold and flu and others do not? It's all dependent on your inner terrain, and that's the way I understand it. I mean. I've been trying to get a cold and flu for years because I've been working on my health. I know that's a fast track to elimination. And so I intentionally hug people who have cold and flu-like symptoms, trying to get my body to eliminate because I want that internal cleansing. I want to take it to the next level. But unfortunately, because I've cared for my health um, to such an extent that there's not a lot within, I don't have a lot of waste within my lymphatic system to eliminate. So that's where. You know, even women, they'll be hanging around each other and they'll menstruate at the same time eventually. It's all, we are connected in that sense. Humans are connected and we can initiate immune response in each other, but it's still dependent on your internal environment and, and virals are excreted cellularly and you have to have the correct environment for um, them to thrive within your own being. If you don't, if you're completely, you know, alkaline or you you're in a very healthy state um viral loads will not be an issue for you so it's just um if if we understood from the beginning because this is a whole basis for their vaccines for their masks for everything that they foist upon us if we understood the root cause and went back to the basics and how louis pasteur even mentioned on his deathbed that he had um perpetuated a lie and that um, germ theory is incorrect, all, everything that is going on would tumble like a house of cards, you know? Yeah. And just to know that these, the the COVID-19 task force perpetuate these lies, uh, Fauci, the fraud that's been in circulation for six presidents that hasn't practiced so I don't know where he gets the title America's doctor. I call him the pandemic impresario, the, you know, bioweapons designer um, exactly. that are just perpetuating these, these lies and, and putting fear in, into the people and dividing them. So it, now, now you're seeing during the pressers that all the journal, the, the prostitutes and parrots are wearing these muzzles and uh you know like i'll just say segue like my mom will not say president trump's name she'll she'll just say mary is that why he doesn't wear a mask because she's confused as to why does you know and then the reason they give is because he's tested endlessly whatever um but maybe because he he knows he's not going to be muzzled 
I get great satisfaction seeing Fauci with with the muzzle on. Uh, I wish Dr. Burks would take a scarf, one of her bazillion scarves, and put it around her face. Um, yeah. You know, and and she she went and she spoke to faith leaders and told them that they are the ones who are spreading the the virus and not to sing, not to sing. Walmart open, church closed. Um, just so wrong. Let me say something about that singing, Miriam, because, um, oh my gosh, the, I'm having a little too much fun exposing the hypocrisy. It's just, um, the hypocrisy is so apparent. And when I can point it out, it just gives me <clears throat> a great deal of satisfaction. First of all, <clears throat> if Trump is endlessly tested, Let's just assume for a moment, let's, let's join a fairy tale land and imagine yes. that the tests are accurate. All right. We know that, there's, that they're not accurate. We don't even know what they test. But let's just join the fairy tale for a moment and say, oh, yes, you can be positive or negative. Well, wait a minute. If, you're ne if you tested negative, aren't you more at risk of getting it because you don't have any antibodies? Isn't being tested negative actually worse than being tested positive. But if you're tested positive, which means you're actually immune to it because you have the antibodies, why is being tested positive seen as negative or do I have it wrong, right? So the whole thing is, is ridiculous. Now here's the it's other thing. Turvy. If you can spread a virus by singing, when you go for the test, why do they need to stick a nasal swab all the way up to your brain? Why can't you just do this? Here's the test, right? Because breathing or just go la, 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 and there's your test. If that's how you get the virus, you don't have to do a nasal swab up your nose. Or am I wrong here? Yeah, I, I, I want, let's I talk a little answer. bit about <laughs> antibodies because there's, there's some confusion on my understanding was that when you get antibodies, then you are protected. And now there's the notion that the antibodies can wear off. So where does where do we stand with, with antibodies? Well, I'll give you a little story. Um, I used to do a radio show talking about healthy living. And I would give my tips for the cold and flu season on how to have your, I call it the hot lemony with ginger and what you can do to keep yourself healthy. Back then, this is like 15 years ago, I bought into the idea mm -hmm. that a flu virus was like a, um, like a DVD and it just sat there. And you would have to insert the flu virus into one of your cells, like putting it into a DVD player and then it would start to replicate, it would hijack your cell, and then it would begin to grow. This is, this is the most simple way of describing uh, current virology, the theory of how a virus works. It's very simple. This is like for a third grader to understand that, that and they even say, somehow, somehow, is the scientific word, somehow a virus attaches itself to a cell wall and somehow it triggers um, a uh, process and somehow it will hijack the cellular machinery and start to replicate. 
Now, back then, I thought, oh, okay, I'll use that as an example. You, you've got a, a CD that's, or a DVD that's inert, meaning there's no life. It's like this uh, computer mouse. It just sits there. And I could put two of these computer mice together, and they're not going to have babies. It's impossible because this is not living material. It is not alive, and it cannot, it doesn't create energy, it doesn't have a metabolism, and it doesn't create life. There's no procreation capability. So a few months ago, when the, all this started, I went back to the vi virology, and I researched it, and in their own words, it mm -hmm. states that a virus is not alive. Or they'll use a phrase such as, you know, we need to redefine what it means to be alive. Yes, this is what scientists are saying. It, a virus is somewhere in the gray area between life and non-life. Well, excuse me for being um, very uh, graphic, but let's say that I have a, uh, maybe I won't be so graphic. Let's just say that non-life cannot become life. You cannot have something that is not alive procreate with something that is alive. It is impossible. Therefore, the theory of virology is not even, there's not even enough science to call it a theory. It's a hypothesis and a very weak one at that. It is simply not possible by any scientific understanding, any biology, um, biological process that non-life can procreate with life and create life. It does not happen. Now, this bothers me on so many levels. The biggest one is that science for many years has been trying to create life aside from life. They've talked about test tube babies. Well, this came from genetic material, from an entity, that, from a being, from a live being. And they are constantly trying to play God, be God, remove humanity from the equation to further their wrong perspective that life was just random, that we are a random assortment of cells that just happen randomly without purpose or meaning. That way, it's so much more easier to snuff out life. People believe that life happens accidentally and there's no greater purpose and we are, we're not created by a creator, then it's very easy to um, leave grandma to die at the nursing home, to... Um, you know, kill developing babies in the womb because that's not really life. It's just a happenstance. And furthermore, to harass and intimidate elderly or anyone in a grocery store because their life doesn't matter. Life doesn't matter. That is the message that we get day in and day out. Your life doesn't matter. You don't matter. And we are going to tell you who's essential, who's not essential because we get the, the puppet masters get to decide whose life matters. So all of that has to do with the fake theory of virology. Doesn't exist. It's it's a fantasy. It's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. I agree. And if anybody can prove differently, I would love to see, like you say, Miriam, bring the evidence. Let me yeah. see. Bring it, bring it. I'd like to see it. I, I often, well, I'm really saddened by this age of mediocrity and the fact that nobody pays attention to the details, which is where the devil really does lie. And I have conversations of speaking to someone in Los Angeles well, saying, well, I know, you know, I know a 37 year old who died and there's, you know, and I'm not disputing that there's a virus um, 
we have a virome and this is not our first rodeo people and yet we're we're acting like this is so deadly so when they when they tell me yeah but i know people who have died i'm like i want to see every single dossier from their their medical records from a functional medicine point of view what did they have before considering one in every two people today has a chronic illness 54% of our children are sick what were they on what happened in the hospital were they ventilated because if they were ventilated that is the same as a, a, the final nail in a coffin and oftentimes these details are not mentioned. So for anybody that has had someone that passed away, it's like, look, what were they given in the hospital? What what were they given? What treatments? Like, let alone, just like even the, let alone the intubation, just that IV bag, that concoction of whatever they are putting sedatives, this melee of uh, miasma, swirling miasma of poisons in there. Um, so just to hit that home that there are people dying, but who knows what the details are when you know that in the nursing homes, they didn't follow the proper protocols and they put non-COVID with COVID plus um, elderly are sick. Plus there's the air con system. Nobody even thinks about the air conditioning system and how that can spread um, bacteria. So I just wanted, how do you deal with if someone, if you, if you've been told, Hey, but I know people who who are dying or how about all these people that are dying? Do you each have a, a response to, to those um, people? I have uh, something to say about that. It's just that um, in this day and age, people are fairly unhealthy. I mean, you see people in the grocery store, they're wearing masks, but they're stocking up on Twinkies and pizza pockets and, and, and Coca-Cola, right? These foods are slow kill. They are killing people. People are sick more now today than ever. So I believe that they brought out this virus um, or this uh, fairy tale virus in order at the right time. I mean, they've been waiting. They've been yes. um, continually getting people to become as toxic as possible through the pharmaceuticals, through the food, through the water, through the air, through all means necessary. They hit us from all angles, hardly anyone's exempt. And so now if somebody goes into a hospital, I don't call these hospitals, I call them finishing houses. I mean, yes, we go in there with a problem and yes, people are dying and they are getting sick, but they're capitalizing on this. And when you go into one of these finishing houses, unless it's for a broken arm, Unless you're only getting a bone set, anything else is almost um, worse than what you're going in for. If you're getting antivirals, those will kill you. You're getting a ventilator. That's likely going to kill you. If you're, the treatments are worse than that which you are getting treated for. And they never mention this. They never mention what treatments these people receive. And so they are capitalizing on a populace who is sick and dealing with health issues, and now everything's COVID. I know yeah. individuals, myself, that have died, and they were declared COVID deaths, but I happen to know that, that one of them was battling with cancer issues, which is severe acidosis from wrong environment, wrong foods for 10, 20, 30 years, and yet they died of COVID. 
you know, if this was such a threat, why do they need to test individuals to find out if they even have it? They're saying such a, it's, like it's such, such a, a joke. joke. I, I say They're the same that, thing that we've paved yeah. the way toward this perfect cytokine storm that they've exactly. been banking on it. I tell people we are the bees that are slowly being poisoned by sublethal doses. And now we've created this perfect scenario and people just lump things together and, and nobody looks at the minutiae. It's really yes, sad. exactly. And they're capitalizing on our ignorance and our inability to see through the fact that the war never ended. Um, it just went underground and they've been systematically weakening people over the years through various avenues. And uh, that's just too much for people to recognize. And that's that's the true issue I see here is that people are weakened to such a degree on so many levels that they can't see through the lies. They can't see that pe that people would actually lie to them because inherently good people can't mm -hmm. fathom that other people would intentionally try to steal their livelihood and capitalize on their sickness and uh, profit. Um, yeah, I, I, so. I want to say also that you know it's like patient zero in Wuhan. When you look at the details, he was ventilated. And in Washington, conveniently the house, you know, home of Billy Boy Gates, patient um, zero was supposedly returning from Wuhan and they stated that they quarantined 60 people. And then interestingly, we were introduced about a week later with community spread, this magical thing. And it's like, why are all these low-hanging, the sh homeless shelters, the prisons, the nursing homes, the Native Americans, the Blacks, why are they, th they're the low-hanging fruit and this is a culling. And it's about time people, you know, just acknowledge there is a depopulation agenda in the works. Like how much more writing on the wall do we need? Well, yes. you're, you're exact. Oh, go ahead, Mariah. Oh, it, it's okay. I lost my train of thought. You go ahead. I was going to say that that's exactly it. It's depopulation. And Mariah, what you said is so true. People are in a state of shock. And it is the, um, you know, some of the most compassionate individuals that I know that I've worked with in animal rescue are some of the most compliant when it comes to this, you know, oh, I, I have to now save other lives. I'm going to save other lives by wearing a mask and staying home and harming myself. And that has been a lifetime of an of um, a mind manipulation to tell people that other people are more important than you. And the fact of the matter is they're not. And I know this is very harsh to hear because we are told in our society to help others and let them go first. And even as kids, it's like, share your toy. Oh, come on. You're not sharing. Well, it's not the other kid's toy. He has a toy. I have a toy. Let me play with mine. Now people are not going to like this message, but this begins at a very, very young age. And we are taught that, that we don't have our own ownership over our bodies and over our choices. We are told to go kiss grandma goodbye. Well, maybe I don't want to go kiss grandma goodbye. Because within my own self, it's not something that I want to do. So, at a, and even well-meaning parents are are a part of this of manipulating and molding their children to um, behave in ways that they don't want to. That their own innate conscience of what's right and wrong, and standards and behaviors and limits and boundaries. And that's why we have people that are 
don't have boundaries, that are seeking relief through drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and overworking and over drinking and overeating because they are trying to feel better and take care of their, their themselves because they've been taking care of everybody else. How do I know this? This is my life. All right. I've spent my life as a teacher, as an educator, as a compassionate, caring person, as most of us are, trying to help others. There's nothing wrong with that, except if it is at your own expense. If you are staying up at all hours of the day and night, doing your own sleep deprivation, living on protein bars and energy drinks, because you are trying to help others, you are going about it the wrong way. Yet this is what our society tells us, and it drums into our brain. I did travel last year. I took a trip, came back to the LAS. I mean, massive uh, posters and, and video screens uh, with this language of um, we're. And this was this was a year ago. Um, we're not. You're not well until we're all well. Um, you're not. And it kept drumming into the brain that you are responsible for other people. No. I barely am responsible for myself. I mean, you know, I try to get to bed at a good time. I try to eat healthy. I can barely control my own actions and my own health. Why, why would someone else even want me to be responsible for their health? It doesn't even make sense to me. Why would someone want me to wear a mask for them. I mean, why can't they do it for, for themselves? So there's so many things wrong with this picture. But the biggest one, Mariah, people will not face the reality because it is a type of grieving process that what they believe society and life to be is actually not that at all. And I, I've had these experiences very early in life, in my 20s, when I was exposed to things when I, that I saw that I thought were a certain way. And then come to find out, it's like, oh my gosh, I've been lied to. I worked for the federal government when I was 25 years old. I worked, I've worked for the state government. I've worked for the county government, the city government. I've worked at every level of government, and I know what goes on there. It is very, very disheartening to wake up and say things are not what they appear. But I want to make one other comment, Miriam, that you're talking about, um, you know, the science of the mask and all of that. The powers that we battle are, this is a spiritual battle, and, and in the, the Christian faith teaching says that there is a, a prince of the air. Are you with me? That is, the, that is the, the demonic force, actually, is the prince of the air. And it is our air that these forces are trying to restrict and restrain and pollute. And we had all of the, you know, the chemtrails. That's a battle of the air. Yes, they yeah. may be poisoning the food, the water, we know that. But it really gets to me when I think of the chemtrails and, um, you know, other issues that are going on. That is where they are seeking to destroy because God breathed into man and the breath of life. Yeah. And man became a living soul. I taught yoga for many years. I taught uh, breathing exercises. And it is so troubling to me that the yoga community 
is wearing masks and agreeing to this breathing of carbon dioxide when the whole practice of yoga is about purifying the breath Anayama. of the body. So yeah. the yeah. brainwashing is complete. Like, okay, that stage is finished. Now we move into the um, demoralization. We move into the destruction. And then it's called the renormalization to make individuals. And that, that's all the language. We're going to be living with these masks. This is the new normal. Well, well it's not my new normal. And I do want to be positive. And I, and I am an optimist by nature. We are going through tremendous, um, you know, birth pangs right now. It's like a, a rebirth of a new society and it can go in different ways. It can become a society where we are enslaved and the very people, people that I know very well that are fighting for, um, the, uh, you know, payments to blacks because of slavery. And they believe this very strongly that this is going to be a step in the right direction to make amends and all of that. The very people that I know personally that have spoken out most vehemently against the concept of slavery are the ones that are willingly, eagerly, and giddily, excitedly enslaving themselves. Yeah. So I, I do pray for those. I believe they are lost, and it's really not up to me to save them. What I want to do is the people that are like, hey, over here, don't forget me. You know, They're the ones that I want to bring into the, the new communities or the new society. And I'm excited about... I don't want to shop at Costco anymore. I don't want to have my money in a bank. I don't want to have to pay and go on a toll road. I actually don't want to do those things. All right. I would love a new society, a new form of, of a very local community where we are back to the, the old, the old days, right? Where there's the, the one room schoolhouse and somebody's growing the garden and, and somebody else knows how to bake bread and somebody's doing the canning and somebody's writing the books and somebody's patrolling the streets and somebody's doing the swimming lessons. Why can't we do that? Because I don't want a part of what's going on. And I'm, and I'm not going to be a part of what's going on. So um, all hands on deck, if that's something that sounds appealing to you, we're plugging in people in their local areas, and um, we'll see what we can create. I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, the next chapters will be. Yeah, I, I want to just add that, you know, the, the logo, the slogan, I can't breathe, it's no accident. They must be laughing at us. And just FYI, Eric Garner in 2014, that was also represented by Benji Crump and Michael Baden, he also said, I can't breathe 11 times. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but I, I think that they're laughing at us and laughing at what the, the, the lengths people will do and keeping up with the facade, which is why, you know, you have a, a Dr. Fauci wearing the, the muzzle um, to, show, to show that he's obedient and this is the way to go. But, but if he's really a doctor, then, you know, why is it that there is no, what happened to food is thy medicine? You know, you, you hear about partnerships during this these times with like Pizza Hut. Really, folks? Like inflammation yeah. is number one cause of disease and we are, people are inflamed. Wearing a mask, by the way, will increase um, over time inflammation. I just find it just the irony and it's just, they're just laughing. They are laughing, Miriam. I just did a video where I exposed the, uh, the tyrant in chief here in California, they came out with a publicity campaign with a video where they are ridiculing and rubbing our noses in it. And I, it's on YouTube and 
I have to get the title of it, but it is about that exactly. It's a video showing individuals um, kind of grumbling about wearing the mask. Like, oh, we know it hurts your ears. We know it fogs up your glasses. We know it muffles your smile. We know that you, we can't see your face. But you know what? It says I care. So I exposed that video for the um, ridicule that it did. And it literally is rubbing the noses of, um, of, of people like us who are awake in it, saying and reinforcing for those individuals who don't like to wear a mask but are complying anyway, making them the heroes now, that, they, that wearing this piece of cloth shows I care. Well, yeah. I show I care by giving you a hug, by having a facial expression and having normal social interaction. And furthermore, you know, the point is I have the right to get sick if I want to, just like you said, Mariah. Yes. I, I want to be around people. I want to keep my um, acquired immune function functioning. And maybe I want to get sick, like you say, to detox. Maybe I want to lay in bed for a few days and clear out all of the toxic debris. When did getting sick, why is it being, it's not a crime, and I want to make that clear, because they want it to appear as though it's a crime. It is not a yeah. crime to be sick. It is not a crime to have a flu and give somebody the flu. It is not a crime to do that. And we need to make that loud and clear that being sick is a state of health. Actually, it's a health condition. And it may happen, like you say, you may break your leg and you need to go to the hospital. But I am looking forward to people fleeing that established form of medical terrorism. I think that we will see a rise of the um, health practitioners that are actually practicing and promoting health rather than illness and sickness. Yes. And it, it really, like right now we're plucking the leaves off the tree of evil and the root of the evil is what is what needs, the root of the tree needs to be uh, pulled out and brought down. And we can only do that with a large number of people. I can pluck off this leaf and someone else has this twig and this branch, but we all need to come together to get rid of this evil. And we do that by bringing the light of knowledge of that, because that is the, that is the truth. We've got one truth, which is irrefutable, you don't have this and that. It's like there is a truth of how we are created, how our body functions. It is irrefutable. I know they will bring scientists. I've already seen it. I have. I predicted it and I saw it in yesterday. Someone is coming out saying that it's actually not that bad to be breathing carbon dioxide because it, it will um, alkalize the blood. And I'm like, okay, now they're going to tell us there are 25 hours in a day They've already told us that men are women and women are men and you can choose. And you know what? That's another topic. But as far as how we are created, there, there is an ultimate truth. And I hope that will wake some people up once they start seeing that there are, um, we're told that there are 25 hours in a day because that, that will be next. And two plus two is five. We've already seen that with the accounting yeah. of the um, cases. Yeah. And those get to choose. And you know, even those individuals have their choice. They can choose to be enslaved. They can choose to remain ignorant. They can choose to remain deceived. My heart breaks for them, but I am not responsible for them. They are responsible for their choices. I am responsible for my choices. And I will continue to educate and speak this. 
yeah. until my dying breath. <laughs> you know, the, the, what you touched upon about the now one case is actually 17 because they're probable cases. They're retrospectively identifying cases. So if people, it's just like the predictive models were wrong. The PCR test is not a diagnostic tool. Even K. Mullis, the inventor, stated so. The end. The end. Bye. That should be the end. But no, we keep going. And these people are so desperate that it's like a pathological liar. It's like, dude, the jig's up. You're naked. The emperor's naked. But no, they keep on pushing full force. And the fact that they are counting one case as 17 is so mind-boggling to me. Common sense is dead. And the fact that the hospitals, they've outright come out and admitted that they receive additional funding if they label certain deaths as COVID. And then these hospitals are actually failing, a lot of the local smaller hospitals, especially in my area, because they've been turning away um, you know, the, the hospitals were only at 60% capacity when I spoke with a doctor friend of mine in uh, Kelowna, BC. She said that because they're turning away all elective surgeries and people are afraid to come to the hospital because they don't want to contract COVID, um, that their hospitals are struggling. And so to declare COVID death is in the hospital's best interest. This yep. is absolute criminal. This is criminal. crimes against humanity. The, outright lies. I had a mortician um, say that, well, it was a friend of the mortician sign an NDA to not discuss because let's say also like in the UK, they're fast tracking how to sign the death certificate. It's the same thing. It's like when you find out George Floyd uh, got got diagnosed, of course, to keep it in the narrative, COVID-19 in April. Really? Let's find, what's that story about? Was Georgie under quarantine? Was his fiance girlfriend? Did she also go under quarantine? Was she tested? Um, and then he, they checked his body post-mortem. Now they're saying Ghislaine is going back in, into a, well, she's going to the prison where where Epstein was, and it's littered with COVID, and she's going to have to take a test. It's just it's the, the so yeah, that, that's part of it, Miriam. It's the um, distraction of the actual uh, issue at hand, and the, the issue at hand is this: even if there were um, a billion deaths from some illness or disease, let's say there were two billion deaths, none of that matters because we are still born as free individuals. No law, no order, no quarantine, none of that is remotely moral or ethical or lawful. Now, there may be a law, but that doesn't mean that it is lawful, right? And what I'm saying is this, to, to have this narrative in the news, to confuse us with numbers, because confusion yeah. hijacks your thinking mind. Even if you're very intelligent and clear thinking, when they start saying numbers and this, there's a calculator that goes off that's going to use up a lot of your brain power. And it's, it's running behind the scenes. And so while your brain is going, let's see, the death count, how many does that mean? What's that? Your regular thinking brain cannot go, whoa, what's going on here? I have a right to die. I have a right to get sick. I have a right to live. And I am not responsible for anyone else's deaths, even if it was a true pandemic, even if I saw people dropping dead in the street, 
There is no moral authority to make me stay home unless I choose that I do so. And I never want to take the discussion away from that because the bottom line is, even if the hospitals were overrun, even if people were dying in the street, even if they couldn't even find enough, and why would you need an ambulance anyway? Does it come on suddenly? I mean, I don't understand that either. Oh, the ambulances are going off. Why is an ambulance? What, what, was it a car accident? I mean, I don't understand the ambulance thing. But even if that happened, because again, that's part of distracting the thinking mind. Yeah, yeah I think even also that's true. None sorry. of that. I was just going to just to say, I'm just repeating myself because I am so strong about it. None of that, even if it was true, even if this was the bubonic plague, even if it was poison gas, even if you walked outside and you dropped dead on that moment, I have the right to walk outside. I have the right to choose that. And I will never stop defending that right. It was, I was just going to add that I think like the, the person was telling me, I know people who've died, um, that there's, I think in LA, in some hospitals, they're purposely creating this triage or putting um, a tent or making it look like the the hospital is overflowing. But I've called hospitals, I've called nursing homes. That in in regards to the hospitals, one ERs have always been full. They will continue to always be full. But when electives are off and when you call it say for instance St. Joseph's in Burbank you are if you even have the foresight to call before and not just go to the ER it's very clear they are telling you to stay home that that they're you're not encouraged to go um, so i think it's just a, another it's it's not true the, they're just putting people outside to give the semblance that the that the hospitals are overflowing i i'm not uh, i'm not buying it no, I drove to uh, five hospitals between Orange County and Los Angeles. Uh, Los Angeles, <clears throat> it's a, a community of 10 million people, 10 million. That is yep. bigger than many states in this country, probably bigger than some, than some countries. 10 million people alone in Los Angeles. And I went to the West Hills uh, Hospital uh, emergency room and um, not a person. And they had the tents outside empty. In fact, the um, security guards were very belligerent and, uh, you know, threatened me to get off the property. I went to um, Ventura County, population of a million, nobody there. Um, Orange County has a po over 3 million people. I went to three hospitals with the tents outside empty. So it's all theater. It's all for show. It's to create a sense of fear and panic. And um, the only way out of that is to find peace and to find a deep peace within you that you know that your life has meaning and purpose, that there is a, an eternal life after you, after this, yeah. and to do what you can while you are here and to not live yeah. in fear. Yeah, I mean, because you're not living. What's, you're not living. What's the no. point of that staying home? And, you know, a friend of mine's like, oh, I just finally went out to go get an Arby's roast beef. It's like, yeah, is that really living? Like that was your accomplishment. It's so sad to me. It's so sad, sad to me too. You know, it's a tactic in in journalism, the the magazines. It's like you know, 150 ways to um, create a lure for your man. Like it's a tactic to use these big numbers. So every day they're putting these big numbers. It's like. People go to Google, which I don't use anymore, and put any three numbers and you will get an article. You can go in and put, is a backpack racist in Google and you will find stories on, on pronouns being racist. It, it's, it's all show 
And it's all like pharmacia means sorcery. This is evil magic spell. And it's like kudos, global elitists, that you've managed to do this in such a short amount of time. And I saw it coming when I was covering Samoa. And I saw 200,000 people mass vaccinated based on seven cases of measles, even though 28 samples were sent to the lab and only seven were measles. And then next thing you know, they're going house to house and parents are having to literally hide their children in attics or in the jungle. And in the end, in one month, they mass vaccinated 200 people and they put in a law called the law of love, which says that the, the government has jurisdiction over you, parent, over your child. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is possible. I feel, you know, I did a man on the street with, the, with Google whistleblower Zach Voorhees right before the Oscars. And I called it, is this the virus that didn't cry wolf? And whether it's real or not, this is the virus that didn't cry wolf. And here we are under I followed a that. lockdown. Sorry? I followed that. Uh, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say on Samoa, I followed that story. Um, I, that was horrific. And I keep saying um, now that the true epidemic, you know, right now it's just uh, in, in its testing phase. But wait until they mass vaccinate, you know, half the world. And uh, that's when the true epidemic will begin because people will initiate immune response, could be immediately, could be a week later, days later, a month later, even a year later, but people are going to get sick on a mass scale if this goes through. And uh, it's just horrific that they can even invade people in that sense and people accept it. Yeah, people will be, there's so much fear, they'll be running, running to go get their vaccines. Meanwhile, they're making uh, billions of dollars and being fooled by the word free. No, folks, nothing is free. It's so not free. (laughs) No, and the very people who who are terrified that you're not wearing a mask, even though they have a mask on, and they're terrified that you're gonna breathe onto them and they don't want to get this virus, but they'll have a concentrated, adulterated form of it injected into their body directly. So 100% guaranteed they're going to have it, but they won't, don't want to be exposed to it. This is the ridiculousness. And um, what do you guys think about this? Maybe the people who are so compliant now, maybe they were the ones that were vaccinated and they yeah. do have a type of brain damage. And yeah. their brain damage is that they cannot... Um, determine the difference between right and wrong and rational and irrational because it does not make sense to me. I mean, I literally struggle with understanding how someone can be presented with bulletproof evidence and they will not see it. I mean, are they, they must have some type of brain damage from previous vaccines or, and, or the vaccines always, or for many years, have had some type of DNA altering um, mm-hmm. component that we ha- weren't told about, and their behavior is being controlled through these vaccines. Th- that is one thing that I really am curious about. I, I, I've thought about that, Peggy. I tell people, well, what do we know the most up until last I checked? The biggest population that is infected was the military, so much so that the Pentagon uh, ceased reporting. What do we know for sure about these people are vaccinated? Can we say that the prisoners are vaccinated? Can we say that in the 
old age home, there's a good chance that they've received the flu vaccine. Um, can, can we say that it's possible that there's some type of damage that, that impairs the discernment or common sense? It's, it's, it's possible, but we, we do know that the vaccinated are indeed the ones that are in shedding at a greater rate and that we're living in a, in a world now of projection of inverted truth. You, you said in the beginning, top of the hour, I call them tries because they put in a little truth with their lies and it's a melange. I like that. You, you can't really <laughs> yeah. tell. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There's a possibility that the vaccinated are compromised. It's just toxicity. I mean, toxic individuals make toxic decisions and it affects the mind. It affects whole body. And uh, unfortunately, it clouds judgment. And on top of that, you know, I'm not going to raise another topic, but we create these environments for parasites to thrive. And these parasites can control um, our, our decision-making capabilities. And there's parasites in the vaccines because they put aborted fetal cells, they put uh, cow bone marrow, they put ingredients that actually contain parasites. So we're actually injecting parasites into us, which is a whole other topic. Yeah. But it's just bottom line, toxic people make toxic decisions and they're ruling the world and they're our general public. So. I, I want to say in regards to the parasites, I actually wrote a pretty science-based story of how it was called How I Lost My Partner to a Parasite. And if we look at toxoplasmosis <clears throat> and we see that this little teeny tiny parasite can actually make a, a rat be sexually attracted to a cat, a different species, and that it can alter this teeny tiny thing in science, in, in natural world, we see how parasites can overtake someone's uh, or an animal's behavior. This, this is quantifiable, Absolutely. even though it sounds like sci-fi, it's true. So, yeah. you know, and also who knows, like I lived across the street from a Cinco Geo pole uh, in Beechwood, which is where I lived in Los Angeles for, for a long time. And I saw, I was dealing with mold, which is also a different topic, but I saw how it impacted my thoughts. And I had a girlfriend who's also very sensitive. She left, I left, and we were like, oh my goodness. It was so toxic, but it's invisible. And so people put credence on things that they can see, but this this also can parlay. Um, so how do we know, let's say in Wuhan, that they didn't experiment with, with, with something that was impacting behavior or that was um, accentuating the, the vaccine, that there was some EMF? I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds sci-fi, but, you know, I, I say, hey, just go back to Charles Lieber. Where, where is he today? Where is Charles Lieber and the, all the nano because they've also done tests where they found there was an Italian study where they found unidentified nanoparticles in vac in in the vaccines. So, you know, we're living in an age where anything is possible. I mean, just look around what we're dealing with. Yeah, um, fully agree. And this just goes back to us being hit on all all angles and at all levels from the geoengineering which I agreed with Peggy, that's one of the worst issues going because we can control what we put in our mouth, we can control
control to a various degree what we accept, what we allow into our bodies. But when they're messing with uh, the air that we breathe, that's when it's serious. That's where I draw the line. To me, that's one of the biggest issues going. Um, and it's part of the root cause of why humans are suffering so greatly in accepting everything. Yeah, and the body has been primed now that the people have been under quarantine. The air is 50 times worse indoors than outdoors. Then they're going out and their immune system is suppressed. The fact that protests are not allowed, but they're all for riots, um, is, is yeah. also doesn't make any sense. So much confusion, and that's the name of their game, and, and interject confusion. I mean, they report... Um, numbers one way one day and then the next day another way when uh, the CDC even came out and said masks, masks don't protect against um, particles and then the next you know so people are just so confused they just throw their hands up in the air and they say you know what I don't know what to think I don't care I just want to have a drink and uh, you know I'll accept anything so yeah and then, and then the fact that you wear a mask but then you don't need to wear it when you eat or even like at the airport yeah. if I do travel and go back to to America that you're wearing the mask but then you have to take off the mask or so you're touching your face to show the TSA who you are until they chip us or whatever uh, that doesn't make any sense there's so many just so many nonsensical things I mean in Costa Rica the beaches are, are were closed they're still closed till 9 30 so you know covid works after 9 30 and when you go to the beach the beach is closed but hey the path right next to the beach that's a safe zone COVID, corona doesn't work there it's like it doesn't make any sense what happened to logic please well, what, let's bring it back what is how is it miriam in costa rica are the people wearing masks what what yes. is it like with the public so there's 21 deaths of supposed, now 21 deaths. It was 15, just like in the rest of the world. I arrived here the same day as coronavirus. <laughs> and right off the plane, I learned how to lavos mi manos in, in Spanish. And we're, there was the farmer's markets. And then everything closed down. And then the day that, May 29th, that President Trump pulled out at least stated pulled out because uh, Redfield and Khan and and um and Fauci have said that they're still working with the who in a very meaningful way but the same day Carlos the president of Costa Rica launched an acceleration program with Tedros and the who and China is very much um, embedded in this country so now the ticos which is the Costa Ricans I mean, if Americans are, are, imagine here where they have faith in the government, many are scared, are very scared. And so I, I did a little uh, filming of like, I wanted to go look at a computer screen. They want to spray me. And I'm like, what's in that? Um, no, thanks. How about if I don't touch anything? Do you still have to spray me with your crappy poison? Crazy. And I had to wear a mask, although I didn't have to wear a mask in the, in the pharmacy, strange, and I, they wanted to whip out the fever gun on my forehead, and no thanks. So now here we were just talking about how to educate the people on the masks. People are boycotting um, some, some of the organic stores that are enforcing it, uh, mask wearing, and, and so there's a lot of uh, confusion, a lot of fear, 
and only 21 deaths of supposed coronavirus. Um, and they started this in 15. So they said they were going to open up the beaches and they did some, something similar where they pulled like a psych, like, no, we're just joking. Actually, we're going to make it a lot worse. Right. And that, now that's you same. can't yeah. even leave the house on the weekends. There's restrictions for driving. We're being tortured. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. And it's, and it is all by design and it is yep. coming from a top down, uh, the puppet masters, because when you think of it, you know, local, the very first video I did was about health. It's local. It's a local issue. Just like the weather and the climate in Costa Rica is different than British Columbia, different than California. And health is different because you're there. It's your health, the water you are drinking, the air that you're breathing, the quality of the food, the, everything is in that area. Why in the world, literally in the world, would something that happens in Italy have any bearing on New York, California, British Columbia, Costa Rica? Nothing. Anything that happens in China has nothing to do with what happens elsewhere. This is one of their greatest tools of control is to pretend that it is a, a pandemic. And the fact that the same tactics are being used that you just described, Miriam, well, we're going to open the beaches. Well, actually, no, we're going to close them this weekend. It's exactly what's going on in California. So it's the same script. And if I translated the health orders from Costa Rica into English, I know it would be the same exact language. And this is very curious to me because it states over and over the age population and health of this, uh, or, or the age and um, health status of this population puts it at a greater risk for uh, contracting the illness. Well, that same sentence is used in every single health order in every county city of the United States. So which is it? Is that greater than this one? Can they all be greater? It's the same script and I'm exposing it. Now, I don't have any control over what happens in terms of my actions, but I am not going to stop the actions. I am no. not going to stop exposing the hypocrisy. I'm not going to stop educating people on how to dig deeper into the, the legalities of it. Even if they try to create an actual law through a lawmaking process, that's going to be interesting because now the public is involved and they can't do it behind closed doors. And there is a, a process and a procedure. Can they manipulate it and uh, be fraudulent? Yes, of course they can. And it will all be out for all to see. So the more that they do these missteps, the more that they lie, um, the, in a way, the better it is because the more we can expose it. And um, the very, very important thing is for people to do something. If you don't do anything, if you complain and you say, like you said, Mariah, oh, you know, some people are like, oh, what's the use? I, I can't even figure it out anymore. That's exactly what they want. Yeah. Whether yeah. our actions work or not is not the point. The point is to, to stay away from despair, to take control of what you can do. At this moment, we still have the internet. We still have phones. We still have food. Let's do what we can with what we have. And, and we'll handle what comes up step by step. Yeah. I, I, I think being here has really, not that I needed convincing, but cemented the fact that they're following a script. And when they put out those, um, you know, those last minute restrictions and they actually on the paper, it says phase two. So there's like, you know, that in their translation, they didn't, they weren't savvy enough to take out phase two. 
Um, and I think like people are talking about a second wave. I think it's, it's actually, we're in the second wave and we're going to have a, a third wave because they punished conveniently all the Republican, um, states that wanted to open up and, you know, they shamed, um, the rally in Tulsa, they shame the Mount Rushmore where you see a whole bunch of mask free people, which is so you know, it brings me joy to see, but then they had to punish them. And you see all these spikes in Florida. We're going to punish you now. We're going to punish you in Arizona um, because you didn't, you didn't comply. And, you know, when President Trump says the more people you test, the more he just doesn't say the false positive part, but he says, yeah, the more people you test, the more positives you're going to find because 80% are false positives. Hello. Exactly. Isn't it good to have positives? That means we've been exposed. It should be a good thing. But they've maligned herd immunity too. They they co-opted it and they snuck in the word vaccines in there and herd immunity, which was observed by Heydrich, never mentioned anything regarding vaccines. So you know, and then they damn and they write bad things about Sweden where there was herd immunity and arguably we've reached a herd immunity. And also there's different uh, mutations and strains by now, uh, if this is a real virus. Um, yeah. So I'm going to just, I'm going to look at my, my notes just to see if there's anything at, um, anything that I didn't mention. Um, I would suggest to go to your website, Peggy, to see all the, the flyers or the, the, the documents you've provided, like the, the letter for Costco, for instance. I was going to ask Peggy about Canada. Peggy, do you have anything um, that relates, you know, the documents are uh, valid in Canada as well? Because I, I would take the route. I briefly scanned your website. I need to go back and look at it more in depth. Um, but I am, you know, interested to see if you've had any success in, with any Canadians or any people in Canada that are working on this. We do have some interest from Canada and coming up very shortly, there will be an opportunity for those to connect with uh, like-minded individuals in their community. So I'm all about local and vocal. Get with people who know what's going on, even if it is just in your um, region and not exactly just in your city. There will be individuals that are already researching that, some that um, have gotten more of the info. There are individuals working at the school level because that's something we haven't even talked about is sending the kids back to school. And again, that's where the state is is um, trying to step in and be the parent, so to speak. And yes. so, yes, uh, Mariah, there are people creating groups in Canada, and I will be a conduit for that. I have not studied the Canadian laws or situation right now, but there will be that information and connection available. It, and I would love to see that be, uh, this is one way I would like to see some global action in that each country can begin to organize and those like-minded individuals can share. It's very, very important to be united. I don't use the phrase, we're in this together. Everybody has their own experience, their own unique situation, but as individuals, shoulder to shoulder, united we stand, that is what it's going to take. Um, Miriam, you mentioned the protests in the streets that, you know, 
obviously there's no virus there. That was open. It was allowed. It was available. I want to see those kinds of numbers going to these stores without a mask on. I'd like to see this kind of number, uh, these numbers going to the county meetings and the city meetings and saying, hey, you work for us. We are in charge of you. And this is what we want. And that is having some impact. We saw a court in Illinois throw out the governor's emergency orders because the court rightly saw that it was no longer an emergency. How can we be in phase two if we're still in an emergency? You, you don't go to the emergency room and you're on, on another floor in the hospital. You're either on another floor or you're in the emergency room. The fact that these governors and countries are even saying we are reopening, here's the guidelines, it's a de facto declaration that there is no emergency. If there is no emergency, none of these actions are valid. And that is why they are coming out with new and confusing health guidelines that people think are orders. And I'm talking about government people think these are orders. School districts think these are orders. So at thehealthyamerican.org, all hands on deck, check out the videos. I have videos for schools. I have videos for employees that are having to wear masks. I've got videos for those who want to learn how to address their local councils. I've got sample letters. I've got information on how to go shopping without a mask. And we are building out that website with more and more data and information and helpful stuff. A quick shortcut is to join me on Facebook. Healthy American with Peggy Hall is a closed group. And YouTube, Healthy American Peggy Hall has all of the videos also on BitChute under the same channel name. And that is where I can do the greatest amount of help is to make informational videos that cover a great, um, these areas of concern because I, I wish I could help each individual individually. Um, but the best way is to address the large issues. As you said, Mariah, pull out that bottom card of the house of cards and everything goes away. And that bottom card is the fact there is no emergency. Even if there is a virus, even if people are dying, and that's how yeah. I would answer those individuals. People die every day of all sorts yeah, of things. People die every day. But it doesn't oh. meet the definition of an emergency. And because of that, all of these orders are invalid and we don't need to follow them. No, we have to educate people on that fact. Exactly. Yeah, it's I think it's important, you know, you talk about the emergencies and it's the CDC, it's all under EUA, emergency use authorization um, use, and nothing is FDA approved. Nothing is FDA approved. There, there's not only, there's not one test. There's like at least 45 different companies all using their own version of a PCR test that each has its limitations. There's no golden standard. And there's going to continue to be false positives. And yes, you would think that that's a good thing. That means that you've developed antibodies. Um, and then, you know, you have like, now Tom Hanks now is a coronavirus survivor. And he's like on the bandwagon um, shaming along with Matt um, McConaughey, um, just shaming people, shaming. And I want to I make sure because this is so, ang like, to make, it makes you angry, right? And 
I personally do not want to have the same shaming towards others or the same hatred towards others, even though it's very easy to have anger and hate towards what I now call demon rats, because they're the ones who are, are propagating this. Um, you know, I don't want to lower myself to their level. I want to help elevate people, and inspire people and educate and empower. And if people truly, you know, looked at the numbers that are put out by the officials, they would see that more people die every year of medical error, heart disease, and cancer than they do of this coronavirus. So if they wanted to declare an epidemic um, or a state of emergency, you know, it should be more, and I'm not saying I condone that they do anything of the sort, but I'm just saying that it would be more along the lines of heart disease than what people are eating. This is not about health. This is about power, control, and impoverishing the people. In fact, we're heading into um, a state of uh, inflation and into a state of uh, people, the currency is being devalued and people are losing their livelihoods, their jobs, their homes, yet they're reporting that things are getting better. And, you know, so it's just... It's, it's all a decoy, and this never was about a virus. If it was about health, um, other measures would have been put forth long ago. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's just all I wanted to add. And, and this reminds me of a quote. To quarantine, uh, quarantine is for the sick. To quarantine healthy people, that's just tyranny, you know? And where can we find you, Mariah? Um, I have a website, it's uh, applediaries.com, and there I focus on, uh, you know, getting to the root cause. I try and, I, I focus on helping people heal their health issues um, through lifestyle choices and um, different foods, and because uh, I feel that healthy people make healthy decisions and they can think better for themselves, and I know this from experience, because back in the day when I was very sick, dealing with a long list of health issues that I've since healed myself from, my mind was not functioning the way it does now. And my thoughts were so negative and my actions reflected that. And I made toxic decisions, so to speak. So you can find me at applediaries.com or I'm on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. I believe it's, uh, I can put, I think links in the description box, but Mariah heal thyself or uh, Mariah Apple Diaries. Um, and yeah, I just work very diligently to help people um, uncover. I, I do touch on, you know, vaccines and, and all these issues we're speaking of today as well. Um, but I mainly focus on, on the health just to keep things PG-13 and to help people, you know, improve their minds and body. So... Mariah and, and Miriam, have you gotten backlash from your followers? Um, and Mariah, specifically you, since uh, you've not been more, uh, it seems that maybe your political uh, engagement is is recent, um, or maybe not, but have you gotten backlash? Like, I, I've been doing wellness for 20 years and, you know, similar along the lines, health retreats and that sort of stuff. and. I'm getting such backlash from people as though, who are, who are you to talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if I'm alone in that, but it's like, well, I'm just an individual human being that's curious. <laughs> I've had so much. In fact, when I began on social media over 10, 15 years ago, 
um, I was I began speaking out about topics such as vaccines and chemtrails and I lost all my family and friends at that point and uh, I took a step back and I you know learned um, a bit more in the health realm and once I began to heal myself and I came back and I began speaking about health um, suddenly I gained you know quite a few followers over the years and now I can go and speak here and there about these other issues about masks and vaccines and I've always been outspoken but I, I pick and choose the times and uh, it's um, it's a lot more well received because um, a lot of the people that I am um, dealing with are dealing with health issues and, and it takes a certain kind of person to be able to see things and generally it's the people that suffer the most that begin to heal and begin to see and recognize that there are issues. So I've had a lot of backlash, yes, but I'm very um, good at um, dealing with them and exposing their um, inconsistencies and uh, ignorance in a sense. And therefore, um, I, I feel like I've had a lot more success now that I've built up my following surrounding the health and then I can, you know, branch off because all of this is related. All of it's related. It all ties in together. Uh, and Miriam, I'm sure she has <laughs> received a um, lot of backlash. Well, my my backlash, I mean, I've reversed my lupus and fibromyalgia, which was really a chemical body burden after getting um, exposed to chemicals, uh, pesticides in the Dominican Republic, and also having EBV, Epstein-Barr um, virus. And um, so there was one newsletter I sent to the 40,000 that, that follow Honey Colony and um, got shamed, like, I'm never going to follow you again, like, because I, I was I was saying that the best way is to bolster your immune system, but more so my backlash is that I get thrown into Twitter jail. I just had a video removed yesterday that was titled Plandemic Fever Gun is Criminalized in Costa Rica 2 that was taken off probably because of the title and I've had videos like with Spiro Skouras taken down with John Rappaport taken down uh, with Michael Lee Jones taken down so I, I am just very highly censored I've had my articles of my 25-year career I had, did an interview years ago when Vanishing of the Beast came out with Megan McCain disappear articles from LA Weekly disappear. They're digitally assassinating me. Um, last week I was in Twitter jail, so I lost a hundred followers in four hours. And I live on in Twitterville. I'm, I'm reporting live and doing thread apps because the mainstream that I used to write for doesn't want my stories a anymore. Which is, I love it when I call and they're like, which outlet are you writing for? Uh, does it really matter? I write for, you, you know, I, I write for Vaxter. But anyway, so that's where I, I get um, the backlash, um, just being being vocal. And, you know, like Sasha Baron Cohen said in his ADL speech, you have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom of reach. So exactly. beautiful, that line. So, so that's, that's what I, you know, so I ask people to follow me on, on Twitter and follow my YouTube um, channel. Um, and, and when I say like, just like a honeybee, I can't live without my hive for more than 24 hours. Like it's really to the, to the people. And I think 
we in this renaissance that we will eventually reach, we will be the superstars because we're not PC. We're, we're honest. We're, we're real. Uh, there, there's no veneer of BS. And I think that people really, really do gravitate to someone that's real and raw. And, and we need to wait for that day where, you know, because the ministry of truth is alive and well. And like people have to save seeds, we're see- saving science papers and, and they are vaporizing and language is very important and, and that they're weaponizing uh, language. They're evoking a snitch nation. So that's that's my answer. I, I also don't look at comments anymore. If I if I'm commenting on something because it's become, it's just crazy. I mean, I was in a closed Facebook group for journalists and I said, hi ladies. And I was shamed. Um, (laughs) But aren't you guys supposed to be females? Oh yeah. Guys can't say that word either. Guys is not, is not folks is the proper word. And, and I don't adhere to that. The thought police, they can go screw themselves. Sorry. I was just saying more confusion and then they are turning uh, the general public into these Karens and Kens that feel that they, they feel worth something while policing others and telling other people to stay at home or to wear masks. And uh, it's becoming quite an epidemic in itself. Yeah. Um, And, you know, what can you say? We have, yes, to, we have to persevere and, and it's like cross-pollinate and stick together, pun intended, yes. like the bees. Yes, yes, you're right, Miriam. The um, point about not reading the comments is, is very important. And it's unfortunate because um, when I view videos and things, uh, the first thing I do is go to the comments because I like the community and I want to hear what other people have to say and I want to learn and expand and grow and share. But there is a civil way of doing it, which is, um, you know, considerate. And I I never bought into the be kind movement. Um, In fact, that was one thing that really bothered me on Facebook was if you gave a comment or let's say you made a post and somebody commented and the others police, like that wasn't very kind. Well, how do you define kind? And maybe, you know, the truth is harsh and I'm not talking about um, character assassinations or attacks on an individual, but um, let's say somebody was, I belong to these declutter groups, right? And um, simplifying and decluttering. And somebody would say, oh, I I inherited all of my mother-in-law stuff. And other people would give them tough love. Like, hey, you don't need that. Just get rid of it. Someone else would hop on and say, that wasn't a very kind thing to say. Well, don't post in public if you don't want to hear that. How do you define kind? And furthermore, the very people who were policing the kind comments are the ones that are being extremely rude. And like, I don't care for vulgarity. And I don't care for, um, you know, attacking an individual off the topic or attacking them for their appearance or something like that. But it's the very individuals that were behind the don't bully movement are the very ones who are doing the so-called bullying and smearing. And for me, the sad part is that it just diminishes the ability to have these conversations to grow and learn and expand. And I had to shut comments off of Facebook of a YouTube for a couple of videos because it, they had the gang stalking where people who were paid 
to just yeah. click, 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 dislike, yeah. dislike, dislike, and then, you know, create all of these false accounts and at least add something to the conversation. If you disagree with what, what I'm saying, bring your point of view, but to just say, F you, F you, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. It's like, what is even the point? And then personally, I would be one who would leave the comments because you know what? If I believe in free speech, I believe in free speech. But this is different. This is someone holding onto your ankles while you're trying to swim. And um, that is not something that I'm going to participate in. So unfortunately, I have to hold comments or review comments or have others that can moderate because it is another tool of the enemy to distract, destroy, devise, divide, and um, confuse. And I'm not going to participate. Yeah, that's one of their weapons as well. I mean, if they can interject any doubt into what you're saying, uh, plausible deniability and whatnot, then, uh, you know, they, they've won because people absolutely do read the comments. And that's where they often form their opinions from is what other people's opinions are. And they know that. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They often won't even watch the video. They'll just read yeah. Yeah. Just have one one poison, one poisoned apple. Um, in, in my case, also, I'm part of Operation Quack Hack. <laughs> it's an actual <laughs> operation by the FDA and the Department of Justice because they have accused me of profiting from the coronavirus because I sell silver and I sell vitamin C and. I have been doing so for the past almost decade, so it's not like I've done anything different. So they've made sure to shame me. Like, I'm so honored, FDA commissioner. You tweeted about my company and publicly shamed me. Um, wow. Under arguable, you were under quarantine during that time. Thank you for taking the time. And I've had five smear pieces written about me and, um, you know, a, a short matter of time and there were three. And then when I called out, oh, by the way, Media Matters is a Soros backed a publication. Then I got several more smear pieces uh, as, a, as a punishment, calling me a former journalist. And um, so I have to deal with that because my, my company is, is under attack for, God forbid, helping people, you know, uh, and, and daring to say, we know we can't say the C word, but. Now, you know, I learned that I'm not able to, I, the, the story that got us in trouble was the best way to avoid coronavirus is prevention. So you can't say that. You, you can't say that there's an attack. There's a, an attack um, regarding natural remedies and they want to bamboozle people into believing that their drugs and their vaccines are the only means when, oh yeah, well, why is why are we the sickest, um, sickest country? I mean, given that we are so developed, why is America so sick and arguably the rest of the world? Well, exactly. The medical system just adds to the, uh, to the issues at hand because they focus on uh, not getting to the root cause, but they treat it, each symptom individually and whatnot. So... Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, and we should definitely continue these conversations um, in another video. I'm just uh, enjoying this so much to connect with like minds, um, and you guys get it. It's amazing. I love it. I'm definitely uh, going to dig deeper into both of your works. Yes, me too. And, yeah.
Yeah. Uh, that is so important, uh, ladies. And um, it is what I call all hands on deck. We have got to stay in community. My, my doggy here is about ready for her break to go out. But we have got to stay with like-minded people to overcome, overcome despair. We need to know that there are others that believe as we do that are seeing the truth and that are going to fight for the truth. Most definitely. Yeah, here, here. Okay. Well, all right, everybody, there you have it. That was the ninth roundtable discussion featuring Miriam Hanane, Mariah Manaza, and Peggy Hall. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I thought there was a lot of good information in there and definitely a lot of information that you're not going to get from the corporate media. Um, definitely really appreciate the work that uh, Miriam has been doing at honeycolony.com. Recommend that you go check that out. She has been uh, doing a lot of investigative journalism around COVID over the last couple of months, and there's a lot of good articles and information up there. Um, Mariah had some great points. I'm really glad that they that she brought up the uh, the whole terrain theory versus germ theory thing. This is actually a, a bigger conversation among scientists than one would expect. We're constantly told by the corporate media that it's all germ theory all the time, but they call these things a theory for a reason. Um, and I personally believe that uh, boosting your immune system may very well be one of the more intelligent uh, ways to go about protecting yourself from getting sick, uh, eating right, getting, uh, 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 getting some exercise, uh, and maybe doing some, some supplementation to really uh, kick your immune system into overdrive. So even if you uh, are exposed to COVID, you will hopefully then just be one of the asymptomatic carriers and not, uh, not uh, really get the full-blown symptoms. So um, something also that's really not discussed in the corporate media, I think the pharmaceutical companies don't make uh, a heck of a lot of money off healthy people, so you don't get that kind of information elsewhere. So thanks to Mariah for that. Um, remember, you can find more information from her at applediaries.com. Uh, also, Peggy Hall, uh, she's really been hammering home the legal aspects of all of this, so if you choose not to wear a mask, um, she is a great source for information in terms of how to deal uh, with a lot of the overwhelming social pressure that people are getting these days to go out and wearing, you know, and and being asked to wear a mask. Uh, here where I live, the County Board of Supervisors just passed uh, a law that fines people who don't wear masks. So um, now uh, even more government pressure, though. Uh, it's very interesting what Peggy was talking about, how the state of emergencies have allowed the states to produce these guidelines, but none of them have actually been passed by any state legislatures. Um, we're really in a situation now where uh, just one person or a handful of people can produce these guidelines and they're treated as law, um, but they're not actually laws because they haven't been passed by any kind of a vote. So keep that in mind as we move forward. Um, the legal ramifications of what's going on. The state doesn't actually have as much power as it's pretending that it has, though uh, so many people are just following along with what they're told and the corporate media, of course, pushing the narrative that if you don't do what you're told, well, you know, you're going to be spreading the disease like wildfire and, and it's super scary and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Uh, though, like Mariah was explaining, uh, maybe boosting your immune system could help as well. So uh, other ideas besides just what you're getting from the corporate media in these roundtable discussions. want to give a big thank you again to Rob Rubin for producing this. You can find out more uh, about Transparent Media Truth on YouTube at Transparent Media Truth YouTube channel. 
Uh, there's all the uh, roundtable discussions posted there, as well as on www.transparentmediatruth.com. I have been helping to produce these episodes and editing them out. My name is Doug McKenty. Please check out my weekly interview podcast, The Shift with Doug McKenty, available on Facebook and on YouTube. I'm also on Twitter at McKenty, and uh, you can check out more information about me and my program at www.theshiftnow.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you again on the next one. Take care. The opinions and ideas expressed in this roundtable discussion do not necessarily reflect the views of transparent media truth, but only those of the speakers participating in the discussion. Under the copyright disclaimer within Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowances are made for fair use of public content for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use.